What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on all of our newest episodes. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll catch up on a few NFL offseason moves that have taken place since we last recorded, as this has probably been the wildest NFL offseason ever. We'll also catch up on what's been going on with March Madness, and we'll also talk about some headlines from around the NBA. All this and more on episode 243 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 243 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. We're we're almost caught up to UFCs in the numbers. We're like that's oh, because we're in the 200s now. I always just think of <laughs> in terms of pay per views, UFC cards. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're almost caught up. We're getting there. We're getting there. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. We did take uh, a week off. Uh, unfortunately, we had some uh, scheduling conflicts, but we're back. I think. Did we take two weeks off? Because I was I was gone. Oh yeah, I guess we did take two when, weeks when off. When was I gone? Time time just doesn't exist since the pandemic. The last time we recorded. Oh no, I no we recorded when I got home. Yeah, the last time we recorded, I believe, was the sixteenth. So we're off one, did one, off one. Now yeah, one. yeah. So we're back. We're also in a new studio. Actually, they're they're doing some construction at the radio station, and so we've had to to move studios. But hey, we're in a bigger space. And uh, it's actually a lot more uh, uh, no, roomy. It and no, it is. Tyler's actually sitting across from me. You, you think better in bigger rooms. <laughs> we people, have a nice TV. People, yeah, no, the TV's sick. We got to <laughs> get that going. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I might turn it back on later in the show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tend to get distracted by it. That's but all right. It's all right. We could just we could just live react Sports Center. That would be that would be an interesting podcast idea. <laughs> yeah. Actually, has anyone done that? I don't know. Um, but all right, Tyler, there's a lot going on since we've taken some time off. We got to catch up on a lot of stuff. We got a jam packed show first though. Let's start off with March madness. Yeah. Because there's a full blue blood final four going on. So boring. I, th- I think it's not boring cause it's great teams, but God, college football and basketball, it's just always the same shit. But I was going to say, I like it just for the historical purposes and like, yeah. Fa- it, no, I mean big time programs, big time coaches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And but, and and it was a good run in the in the first couple rounds. There was Cinderella's story. Shout out St. Peter's. Yeah. Um Shaheen Holloway actually actually just got um hired by Seton Hall, uh his alma mater yep. to, to be the new head coach there. So yep, yep. congrats to him. Uh obviously capitalizing. Yeah, obviously capitalizing on that Cinderella run from St. Peter's. 
Um, but Tyler, we have a rematch here in the final four of two bitter rivals. And that's obviously yeah, Duke and UNC. No, no, this is a big one. I'm, I mean, young Tyler would be just all about this. I've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit with NCAA basketball. Um, but North Carolina forever was my favorite team in all of sports. Uh, I mean, I've followed North Carolina's men's basketball team. You know, I've followed them religiously my entire life. Um, and so this is this is this is great. Um, this is the first time ever that they played in the tournament, which I knew, you know, I know that I know that they've never, they've never once matched up in the NCAA tournament. And how crazy is it that it's coming in coach K's final season? Yep. UNC played spoiler early, earlier in the year yep. during the regular season at the last game at Cameron indoor stadium yep. where yep. they beat uh, Duke and coach K's final regular season game at home. No, that's what makes it that that's kind of just the cherry on top is that, it is in this like the the very first time that they do it. It's, it's not only in the Final Four; it's against Coach K. So um, I'm just I'm just so excited to to be able to watch these two kids cry at the end of the game and, <laughs> and just send Coach K packing off an L. So um, I, I definitely cannot wait to watch that. Um, it was it was great watching it in the regular season. Uh, and it's just like this is a storybook. Uh, this is a storybook ending. And uh, I, I was I was talking to somebody where I was like, "This is going to be a movie." You know, Coach K is going to have a movie made about him in like fifty years. If they make a movie about him where it's like just long enough to where people kind of forget about him, <laughs> it's like kids will see that movie and be like, "There's no way like they wrote this." You know, like there's no way that on his last well, season. No, if, his last season, he just happens to play his bitter rival in the final four. Like, yeah, right. No, you know, let's like, be you real. Couldn't, you could not write a better ending. Tyler, let's be real. If they do a movie down the line about Coach K, the only thing we're going to see about this final season, if they lose to UNC this weekend, is a black screen with the writing at the end of the movie and say, unfortunately, his last season, he announced it before the year, and they made it all the way to the final four, but they lost to UNC. Yeah, Coach K no, now just fill in Coach the K yeah, went no. on to live. I, yeah, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be like that. That's no, the only way that I'm that. ready. I'm ready to send that egotistical <laughs> maniac pack in. Like it's always about Coach K. I'm not here for it. I I'm not gonna sit here and talk well about him. Well, I'm just gonna be excited for good basketball. I, I I'm I'm so excited for North Carolina's opportunity and. They they're just you know they hit their hot streak right at the end of the year going into the tournament. Which yeah, they is, were one of the hottest teams going into been, the tournament. They've been blasting people all tourney. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, they beat UCLA. Yep. Don't, yeah, and St. Peter's. Yeah, and then on the other side we got Kansas and Villanova. Obviously, Jay Wright has built up Villanova into one of the best programs in the country. No, I've seen both these dudes hang banners. Yeah, Bill Self Bill doing Self. his thing for years at Kansas. Um, very. Uh, very good matchup that one you know i'm not i'm not super familiar with their teams like i said i haven't watched um watched a ton of college basketball i do follow north carolina but um yeah those two i, I i'm not familiar with but i know those coaches and i know those programs so it's gonna be a good a good game yeah i'm excited for the final four obviously it's a great culmination to the season for college basketball and March Madness is always a spectacle every year. And since they've expanded the the tournament to 68, uh, we've seen runs like UCLA last year from first four to final four. Uh, we saw the first 15 seed, like we said, uh, St. Peter's make it to 
the Elite Eight uh, and the Sweet 16. So we saw the first 16 seed win. Yeah. Yeah. A couple years ago, the first, uh, yeah. what was it? University of uh, Maryland, Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. UMBC. Yes. Uh, we had Sister Jean back in the tournament this year. That was great. Yeah. So, I mean, March Madness, it's always great. No, it's 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 lived up to the hype so far. I mean, to have Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four, I mean, that's just unreal. That yeah. is unreal. Yeah. But, all right, like I said, we got a lot to catch up on. And, uh, Tyler, we might as well start in the NFL because there was some breaking news that happened right before we started recording. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson toward the end zone. San Francisco is heading home. The Rams are staying home to play in Super Bowl 56. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. So right before we started recording, Tyler, it was announced by Peter Schrager of the NFL Network that Bruce Arians was announcing his retirement as a head coach in the NFL. He's going to be moving up to the front office as a football consultant for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he will be handing the keys to the franchise to his defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles. Now, as soon as the news broke, the internet went nuts because obviously there was some rumors towards the end of the year that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady were starting to butt heads and all of this uh, tension was kind of mounting towards the end of the season between the head coach and the quarterback. And then at the end of the season, when the Buccaneers lose to the Rams, Obviously, Tom Brady's retirement questions start coming from everywhere. He kind of gets forced into uh, announcing his retirement. And then I don't think it was even a month later, he comes back to announce that he is unretiring and and coming back to play for a 23rd season in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now here we are, I believe, two weeks later after that unretirement announcement, Bruce Arians is announcing his retirement and everybody is just like, well, Tom clearly forced Bruce Arians into retirement. Is that where your head is at? Because I, I don't, I don't really know what to believe, especially after Bruce Arians statement coming out yeah. uh, after the fact. Yeah. I find that hard to believe just, just because I think Tom and BA are professionals and, and I feel like they would have been able to mend that. And it just, you know, it, it is a kind of a weird conclusion to come to just with the timing of everything. But, I mean, I feel like maybe, maybe Tom Brady knew that, that Arians was going to walk away before he announced. But I don't think that would have played any part. Like, Tom wanted to play. Arians, I think, was ready to I don't, walk away. I don't, I don't think Brady knew that Arians was going to walk away when he announced his unretirement. Yeah, at- so he signed up to play with him. Right. Yeah. And I think, well... Basically, Arians in a statement since it was reported that he was retiring, he basically said that his final goal as a, a head coach was to win the Super Bowl, and he did that a couple of years ago when the, when him and Tom Brady yeah. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the first Super Bowl a team has ever won in their home stadium. 
and he got to do it in front of his mom, in front of his family, and he he went on to to talk about a whole bunch of other things in in his statement, and he was just like, I I'm done with this part of my football life. I I want to move on, kind of thing. And then another part that I thought was interesting uh, that he said was about leaving the team in a position to still win. And he said, quote, succession has always been huge for me with the organization in probably the best shape it's been in in its history with Tom Brady coming back. I'd rather see Todd in position to be successful and not have to take some, in parentheses, crappy job. I'm probably retiring next year anyway in February, so I control the narrative right now. I don't control it next February because if Brady gets hurt, we go 10 and 7, and it's an open interview for a job. I got 31 other coaches and families that depend on me, and my wife is very big on not letting all those families down. So I just thought that was very commendable on Bruce Arians' part to kind of think about that in his decision-making process. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think that, you know, he was ready to walk away and, and Tom wasn't. And that that's kind of just what it is. I don't think that there was any any sort of I don't think that their relationship with each other had anything to do with their decision making. I think their relationship didn't have anything to do with it, but I think Tom coming back influenced Bruce leaving. It might it may have made him feel like, okay, it's it's okay now. Right. You know? That's like, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's okay, but you know, that I mean, I guess that you could you could say that, but I think in 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 all fair, you know, he in all reality he was gonna walk away. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's you know maybe it's this year, maybe it's next February, but um, yeah. So I mean, it was just it was very shocking. I think with the like, announcement yeah, coming, like if, if they did influence each other, it was in a positive way, not a not a negative way. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Well, I mean, if if Arians. Uh, you know, if Arians felt like he could walk away because Tom came back, I feel like that's a positive thing. Yeah, and and especially, especially giving the opportunity to Todd Bowles to to now have the team in the position that it's in as well. Like like yeah. Bruce was saying. No, definitely. So I I just thought it was a very shocking announcement. I th- along with I think every other NFL fan because it's like Bruce Arians, one of the best coaches in the NFL. He was just in the Super Bowl two years ago. They they wanted to try and run it back last year. They got very close, and Tom Brady unretires, and it's like, all right, let's try it again. No, I commend coaches that you know just handle their business and walk off, you know, with with pride, and don't you know announce their retirement a year before the season starts, so they can have this nice like glory road on their way out. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, Tyler was taking another shot at Coach K there. Was that what that was? <laughs> You uh, wanted all. That's why Roy Williams is a G. <laughs> way to but, just way to just handle it, you know. No fuss. He walked out. He he walked away. He got a head coach in place, and and they're and they're in it now. But also, I mean, he's not necessarily retiring from football. He's he's going to be a consultant for the team. And my uncle and I were joking. No, I'm just saying he handled it in a way that was not about him. It was about like like you said. I no, mean, his for family sure. put in. To a lot of people, uh, a lot of other people into the the equation. Yeah. But no, I mean, my, my uncle and I were joking uh, through text message. He was like, my uncle said that his work week just went from 100 hours to 20 hours. And I was like, yeah, he can go play golf whenever he wants. He can yeah. come to the facilities and do what he needs to do. And a lot of those times, you know, guys like that work just as, you know, 
they'll be just as productive as they were beforehand. They're just maybe, you know, maybe the hours are a little less or a little later, but I mean, that was like my, I mean, my dad is that kind of guy too. He retired and he still works just yeah. I mean, damn near as much as he did when he was working, you know? Yeah. So it's, but it's nice to be like on your own time. Yeah. So he's, and I think he's also the type of person that can't get too far away from the game. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, when when it's your life, like even though you want to retire, you're still going to be just be itching around. You know, you're going to be wanting to be around it. And people are going to want to come to you for, for advice and counsel as well. Yeah. So now we're going to see Todd Bowles with another opportunity as a head coach. I think obviously no, it's he's very deserving. He did such a great job in, um, in Arizona. Got an f- unfair shake of it in New York. Yeah, with the Jets um because it's the jets so i'm I'm glad that he's getting another opportunity yeah and especially especially this a one. good opportunity yeah and the uh i saw adam Schefter tweeted that the the buccaneers have now hired their fourth black head coach and that's the most uh ever in nfl history and it's two more than any yeah. other team no in, other, the, in the nfl no other franchise has more than two yeah so Congrats to Bruce Arians on a legendary career. Good luck yeah. with what's next, and good luck to Todd Bowles next year. You got Tom Brady as your quarterback. You got a lot of expectations now. No, it's it's gonna it it, it won't be easy, but it, it's gonna be a nice combination with him and Leftwich uh, being there too. Off an offensive defensive mind. Yeah. So all right, let's let's move on now to talk about uh, some uh, trades and free agency moves. Because uh, we got to catch up on a lot, Tyler, since we've last yeah. recorded. Uh, let's start off with Devontae Adams because I remember distinctly the last time we recorded, we talked about the Aaron Rodgers situation and him saying that he's coming back to the Packers. And then we said Devontae Adams told the Packers he was not going to play under the franchise tag and he wants a new deal. Well, he got a new deal. It just wasn't from the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers traded Devontae Adams for a first round and a second round pick in this year's draft, the 22nd and the 53rd overall picks to the Las Vegas Raiders. So now the Packers have four picks in the top 60. Adams, he agreed to an extension with the Raiders once the trade was official. Uh, It's a five-year extension worth $142.5 million. $67.5 $67.5 million guaranteed. It's worth $28.5 million per year. So he is now the highest paid non-quarterback player in the league. This also freed up $20 million for the Green Bay Packers since they don't have to pay him the franchise tag anymore. Uh, and according to all reports, even though Aaron Rodgers said he was coming back to the Green Bay Packers, he knew he was not going to have Devontae Adams lining up on the outside with no, him. he he probably knew that Devontae was serious about. I'm I, I'm not playing under the franchise. I mean, he so, he probably known that the whole year. Yeah, he knew that. Um, it's just it is very surprising. I would have thought that Devontae would have w- wanted to try and make you know squeeze out as much time with the Rodgers as possible, but he wouldn't secure the bag. Got his big contract, um, and he teamed up with his former college teammate yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool. 
Yeah, and apparently he's been a Raiders fan his entire life. Yeah. So this is living out a childhood dream, which obviously I think me and you both love to see in sports. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's a great pickup for the Raiders. Hopefully, oh, huge pickup. Hopefully it works out on the front end because I think this deal is going to be pretty tough on the back end. Yeah, especially if Derek Carr isn't the quarterback anymore. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows just, what could happen? With paying, paying that much money for a receiver, you know, you hope that, like, he sets up your offense to be successful right away. And you hope he can stay healthy. And, yeah, it's just, you know, receivers age quickly. So you hope that in three, four years you don't look at this money and be like, God damn, we fucked up. Yeah, but I think, obviously, looking back in real time when the news was announced, it was literally the day after we recorded and talked about their situation in Green yeah, Bay and what yeah. they needed to do. And it was just like, no, it's pretty well, crazy. It's pretty crazy. They started out the new Rogers deal with trading his, his big weapon when, and they also lost, uh, about that scantily. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean the Packers, they have four they, picks in the top 60, I, but I think that they, they, there's no way they don't draft a receiver in the first round. They have to, they have to, they have to, but I mean, from the Raiders' perspective, it, it's just like it, it, you can get plug-and-play receivers now. I mean, it's been it's kind of been the new trend lately. Yeah, but from the from the Raiders' perspective, they had to keep up with what was going on in their conference, and and making a swing or taking yeah. a swing at Devontae Adams and getting him—that's the type of move you need to make. Adding him to an offense with Darren Waller, Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, and Derek Carr as your quarterback. That's now a little bit better than what they had before, especially with a first-year head coach in Josh McDaniels, compared to what the moves, compared to the moves that were being made by the Chiefs, the Chargers, no. Devo- Devontae and the Broncos. Adams makes that whole thing go. You know, all of a sudden Renfro and Waller's job is going to be cake, and you know Renfro and Devontae are surgeons with their route running abilities. So, you know, you put those two on the same side, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to play them man to man. Uh, and I think that Derek Carr is a good enough quarterback to 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 beat zone. So the Raiders are going to be a good football team. And then that's not even mentioning Darren Waller out there, who's who's going to get again. Like again, it's going to be tough to play man coverage against them. And yeah, and it's it's not easy to play zone coverage in the NFL at all. So um, the Raiders are looking good. Yeah. All right, moving on. Deshaun Watson, Tyler. We finally have a end to another chapter in the Deshaun Watson saga because he still does have those 22 civil cases pending. We don't know if he will be suspended or not, but he finally gets traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns. Even after there were reports that Cleveland was out of the running yeah, and it was down to Atlanta and New Orleans, apparently while they also told Baker that they weren't going to trade him after being told no by Deshaun Watson, Cleveland never stopped pursuing Watson, even when he told them no. Eh, irony in that. Uh, and eventually, they were able to persuade him to come to Cleveland by offering him a five-year, $230 million extension that is fully guaranteed. That's a pretty good way to convince someone. And they were shysty with how they 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 formatted that contract too, giving him like what like one mil. For I, the I first th- year? I think he's only owed one million dollars this year. So if he's suspended for any games this year, it's it only comes out, out of, of that his, one million. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. So officially, big deal. Officially, the trade most guaranteed money ever. 
Yes, it's it's NBA Supermax money. Yeah. I mean, it's franchise quarterback money. Yeah, yeah it's franchise. Baseball money. <laughs> it's nuts is what it is. Yeah. But officially, the trade is from the Houston Texans. It's Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth-round pick to Cleveland for first-round picks in 2022, 2023, and 2024. A 2023 third round pick and a 2022 and a 2024 fourth round pick. That's well, a lot, lot of picks. A lot of good. I mean, yeah. The, the, and a lot of good value, to be honest. No, I mean, the Texans, you know, they got something back in return. It's, it's like I said, with, with the Russell um, and Russell Wilson trade and what I say with the Rodgers rumors about being traded, it's, it, it's almost impossible to trade a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback because you're just not going to get the the return and and deshaun watson is that caliber of a player tyler he's won four games the last season he played and led the nfl in passing yards and plays for and houston's arguably one of the worst franchise bottom five franchise uh, no i like, know i'm upper I, management in the league i'm just throwing out I mean, one of the, the yeah no i get it you can there's things you can say but he he's a baller i mean this no dude, he is this he dude's is elite um Dabo Sweeney compared him to the Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan of football. College football. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. college football, yes. Yeah. So um in saying that it's essentially impossible to get back value for that caliber of player, they did pretty good. The Browns, the Browns went and got themselves. Now I'm 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 salty because I like Baker, so I, I feel like Well Baker's it's, in it's, a whole different situation. It, it sucks that he doesn't get to continue like the work that he's done there because he That's got not the, necessarily he, true though, it, Tyler. Yeah, no, we don't know. We don't know. It's gonna be interesting he's to see. He's still I've on the my, roster. I've got my theories. Um but I I think that uh the the Browns secured a, a top tier quarterback for the next four years and, and they're gonna be in the mix. I mean, oh yeah, they've got a ton of they've got a ton of uh, ton of weapons on that offense. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good era for for the Browns. Now, I do think that what's gonna happen is Watson's gonna be suspended four to six games, and then he's gonna be in, and it's gonna be history. You know, I think he gets he'll it. serve his four to six, and he'll, that'll he'll, be it. He'll be yep, he'll be out four to six weeks. He'll be the starting quarterback after that, and boom we're off so i think that that's that's how that's how it all uh ends up they would they signed jacoby Brissett. yeah so that's that's what i was just about so, to get to so i mean after, I, I think that baker's done I, I don't see him doing the whole like playing for them and and then like waiting for a trade or okay or anything so like that like so here's the thing i Tyler. think that they resolve this before training camp like i don't think baker goes to training camp with the browns so after the trade happens, they sign Jacoby Brissett. Baker, before the trade, he puts out that whole letter yep. saying thank you to Cleveland, whatever, requests a trade. Cleveland, Baker, Chesterfield, Chesterfield uh, May Mayfield, or whatever. What is his middle name? Reagan. Oh, God, what a horrible. <laughs> it was funny. That he got so much hate for He got so much name. hate for it. Just the middle so name is so funny. <laughs> so he requests a trade. Cleveland says no. They trade for Deshaun Watson. They still have him on the roster. They signed Jacoby Brissett after the trade. There are reports that Baker Mayfield might be the number one quarterback while Deshaun Watson is suspended 
Yeah. And Jacoby Brissett is the backup. Yeah. So I, I don't know what could happen. It's, Jacoby Brissett is for sure the insurance policy. He can be the starter for the four to six weeks or whatever. Right. Or he can be the backup to, to Baker and, and Deshaun. And Deshaun. Um, so that could go that could go either way. He's a nice little that was a smart move. That was a good answer roster ad. But I think that Baker is either cut or traded. I just think you have to cut him or trade him at this yeah. point. No, I think they will. It's just I see that I you know, like I said, I see I see Deshaun getting a suspension. Yeah. And once he's done with that, he's the starting quarterback for the Browns. Brissett's gonna be in the mix. And Baker probably won't ever wear that jersey again. It's yeah, it's just very interesting to me. The whole I would love to see Baker go to the Seahawks, but um, I just don't know if that's in the mix or not. I don't know where. Who knows what the Seahawks? I, are I don't know. Do. See, you know, I, I well, I think that it's either it's either Baker at this point in in the process with all the quarterbacks kind of gone. I think it's Baker or a rookie. And I would be stoked if they drafted a rookie because last time, I mean, they hit, you know. Yeah. They're, and and last time, when and when I say last time, I mean Russell Wilson, they knew he was their guy. I mean, they they knew the guy that they wanted, um, and that was him. And, and so they took him at his value in the third round. Um, so they, they could take one at that ninth pick or they could take one later on, but I, I bet you they take their guy. They're they're only gonna take it if it's their guy. Yeah, they're not gonna take a chance on just like the best available quarterback. And Houston, I think for sure is gonna take a quarterback with either the three or the thirteen. Yep, and I and I also th- well, I mean, yeah, Houston should be taking a quarterback. They have I, Davis Mills as their yeah, quarterback right yeah, now, and Lovey yeah. Smith in his first year as head coach, you might as well go with a rookie yeah, quarterback yeah. and kind of get not, something going. It's not being projected that way, but that's that's definitely a. Definitely, could, I could. It's see just that not a quarterback happen. heavy draft, and, and they've, you know, I've heard that a bunch, and it's, it just, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I don't see, I just don't see a reality where a quarterback doesn't go in the top ten, like it's being projected. It's just, it, even if there's not a lot of great ones out there, teams still need quarterbacks, and and grades aren't like the final thing. One of these dudes in this draft class is a stud. You know what I mean? Like odds are, like there's one good one in every class. Yeah, and it's not always the first one picked, and it's not always the you know the the most like be, the best looking one out of, out of the combine or whatever. So um, I I would I think the Houston definitely is there. Atlanta is probably going to take a quarterback at number eight, which is which is a tough uh, a tough fall for the Seahawks because we're at nine. So if we were looking at the third the third quarterback picked or the ninth pick, we're probably not going to go that route. Uh, we're going to have a good. We're going to be looking at like Sauce Gardner or the big edge rusher from Oregon, um, and then we'll probably like fall back on the second tier. Yeah, but all right. Now, moving on. In response to Deshaun Watson getting traded to Cleveland, obviously that left Atlanta and New Orleans sitting there like, okay, well now what do we do? So. Jameis Winston re-signed with New Orleans. They also signed Andy Dalton the other day as his backup. I believe they're going to move Taysom Hill officially to to tight end full-time. So that kind of ends that whole Swiss Army knife experiment that Sean Payton started. And now that he's gone, I think it's kind of like, all right, Taysom Hill, you, now let's, it's time to prove yourself as a tight end. Let's, let's see what you can do here or 
might be time to go. No, he's been a he's been a great playmaker his, yeah. his whole run. So, but uh, let's it'll be see if, interesting to see what happens with his career here. Yeah, let, let's see what he can do on a, a consistent basis in, cool in a consistent be, position. It'd be cool for him to get with a coach that wants him. Yeah, but Jameis Winston coming off the the injury. Yeah, no, they've got a good quarterback room. I mean, those three guys should be able to get the the job done. Yeah, and then Atlanta ends up trading Matt Ryan. To the Colts after the Colts traded Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Colts traded Matt Ryan for a or for Matt Ryan, and they sent a 2022 fourth round pick to Atlanta. Marcus Mariota signed a two year deal with the Falcons to replace Matt Ryan after 14 years with the franchise. And then the Colts they're going to be restructuring. Matt's contract, uh, the remaining two years on his deal uh, to kind of create some cap space. Yeah. Big win. Big win for the Colts and Matt Ryan. Huge. Um, so that that's that's cool. And then Atlanta, you know, they're they're in a rebuild mode. So um, th- this works out. They've got Mariota to kind of uh, be the, the crutch until the rookie quarterback comes in and, and you know, is at that point. I mean, I, th- I see them taking Malik Willis from Liberty. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that projection as well. Um, the only thing with the Colts, obviously this is their fifth quarterback in five years, so it's it's been an up-and-down road since Andrew Luck abruptly retired. I, I believe it was like nine or ten days before training camp uh, or before the regular season started. And so Matt Ryan, I think it's it's great that he's in Indianapolis, but I'm just worried that this is going to be another Phillip Rivers situation. To where it's like this yeah. is great in the moment. Yeah, I think but he's got a little more juice left than. than I think Phillip he has did. more juice yeah. than Philip Rivers as well. But long term, Matt Ryan isn't going to be your quarterback. No, but I mean, you you got you probably at least got two good seasons with him, and I think that's that's good. You can work with that, and he's also now allows you to groom a young quarterback if that's the way you want to go. Yeah, true. I I I am a fan of the move. It's just I mean, like you know, if if they don't like this quarterback draft class and they like next year's, then bang, you got Matt Ryan two years, draft a guy next year. He 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 can learn his first year with Matt Ryan in the house, and then we're off to the races. Either way, I think they have a very competitive roster, and they should be in the playoffs now. So Matt Ryan gives them a chance to win. I think they got to be a shoe in to sign Julio Jones now. It'd be great. I mean, that would be a great pickup. <laughs> All right, before we uh, move on to uh, a couple other deals, uh, I wanted to wrap up the quarterback talk, Tyler, real quick. According to Field Yates, from 2006 to 2016, 29 quarterbacks were taken in the first round of the NFL draft. None of them are currently with the team that drafted them. Yep. Pretty crazy. Yep. No, I mean, that's just not the way the world works anymore, you know. Uh, with free agency and and all that, typically the good quarterbacks get drafted to bad teams, and then you know, yeah, they, they play. And then they if leave. they're still bad, they move on. Yeah. But all right, uh, I mean, if, a lot of quarterbacks don't make it. You know, it's like a lot of those guys aren't starting either. Yeah, true. Now, if the off season wasn't crazy enough already, there was another move that happened. And it was Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs not being able to come to an agreement on an extension and Tyreek asking for a trade. 
it comes down to the Dolphins and the Jets for whatever reason. And ultimately, Tyreek chooses the Dolphins. He's from South Florida, so he's going home. Um, but Miami is going to give Tyreek a four-year, $120 million extension with $72.2 million guaranteed and just over $52.5 million due at signing. So that's no, a it, big bag. Very deserving. Uh, he's going to be great for this Miami team. Another one of those guys that makes it all go. You know, like you need some centerpieces on offense to where other supporting people can play off of. Uh, he relieves a ton of pressure for for everybody on that offense. Um, Miami's looking good. Yeah, I like the moves that they've made. And I and, and the Chiefs, you know, I, I love Juju. I think he's going to do great. But we've seen but what he can a, do as a number one. Well, he's a different player too. He's not the same guy. Tyreek with that with Tyreek with Mahomes' arm strength and 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 Kelsey in the middle. It was just it was such a dynamic a dynamic role for him and the perfect fit. Uh, we'll see if they have the same success. Juju's, I think Juju's going to be successful. It's just going to be different. I mean, he's not, he's not necessarily an over the top, you know, take the top off the defense kind of guy. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not as high on Juju anymore, but I, I also need to correct myself. I said that Devonte Adams was the highest paid non quarterback in the league. Tyreek Hill's deal actually beat Devonte Adams deal. So Tyreek Hill is now the, the it? highest paid. Was it? Yeah, in terms of guaranteed, guaranteed, yeah. Yeah. So Tyreek Hill is the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL now uh, with this deal. Um, Kansas City's getting a first-round pick in this year's draft, a second-round pick in this year's draft, and a fourth-round pick in this year's draft, as well as a fourth and a sixth in 2023. Yeah, so they they did really good in that. Oh, yeah, they they, got fairly compensated, I think. You know, they got a cheaper wide receiver one with Juju. So, like, they, they lost their wide receiver one, got a new one. He's cheaper, and they've gained some some draft picks. My they've got, thing, they've got a good front office, so I'm sure those draft picks will be legit. My thing with this whole deal is, was Patrick Mahomes' contract the reason why Kansas City wasn't going to give Tyreek the money that he wanted? I mean, and is I, that I would I wouldn't I I personally, if I'm a GM, would not be paying receivers this kind of money. I'm happy to let receivers go to another team for 25 to 30 mil. It's just not a position that I think that kind of money, unless you have a rookie quarterback, it just doesn't, or or a mid-level quarterback, like salary-wise, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's not a position that I feel like they can drastically change your franchise. They help a lot. Like, obviously, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are phenomenal football players, and they deserve to be the highest-paid guys at their position. Um and they and they do change change game plans and whatnot, but I don't know if I'll be paying that much money. And if I'm paying Mahomes that much money, Mahomes can make receivers great. Like I don't need a Tyreek Hill. I have Mahomes. No, I mean that, I think I think that's a, a a fair argument, and I think I think that's probably the like Tyreek. You know, goes and plays with a shitty quarterback. It could go bad. I mean, he's with Tua now, who who I, who is legit. Yeah. He puts the ball on the money. I don't know if he's going to be able to to. To throw it to Tyreek as far as he runs. Uh, that's 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 all BS. People people hate on arm strength in the NFL. That's that's crazy. I mean, he can make just because he's not elite, um, he can still throw the ball down the field. We'll see. It'll, it, I mean, Tyreek's going to get down the field. 
Yeah, no, Tyreek. But is yeah, get I definitely, I definitely sure. think that Mahomes' contract played part. I'm not paying my receiver and quarterback eighty million dollars. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just for especially one, in a salary cap league. Yeah, it's crazy. But no, I mean, listen, they alone cannot win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, th- I think Kansas City's in the position to clearly be okay with letting Tyreek go. When no, they're getting, you, you want to be a franchise that's in the position to let stars walk. Yeah, I mean that is that's how you know you're you've made it. And Miami, they have a first year head coach. They're trying to rejuvenate the franchise and try and now. Obviously, I can't believe I didn't bring this up a minute ago when I brought it up, but their owner was reportedly trying to lose games. Yeah. Now he's doing everything he can to win games and no, try and, and cover it, his tracks. Yeah, and I'm still pissed that he's not been disciplined for that shit. I think they're still investigating. Yeah, I mean, he's he should I hope lose, they're investigating he, he at least. the team. I mean, it's that drastic. Yeah, definitely. But I it's just it's it's a great move for Miami in theory and on paper. It's now we got to execute it. Yeah. So I mean, and that and that goes for all these moves that that we've talked about. No, no, definitely. But all right, before we wrap up football, uh, the Rams have made a couple of moves. Uh, they signed Allen Robinson to a three-year, forty-five million dollar deal with thirty million guaranteed. When it was reported that Robinson was signing with the Rams, it was reported that this deal does leave room for the Rams to still potentially sign Odell Beckham Jr., who is still a free agent. Uh, I don't think he's going to be signing anytime soon. He, I, there's no really reason for him to, um, with especially with the way his contract will be set up. I think he's trying to go long term, and then the first year of his deal will be heavily incentive based. With obviously all of the recovery he still has to go through, and him probably missing at least half the year next year. But anyway, once the signing happened, um, Robinson coming to the Rams it was reported that the Rams started receiving calls about the availability of Robert Woods, who is also coming off ACL surgery. But I'm just, I mean, then obviously the Rams ended up trading Robert Woods, which I'll get to in a second. I want to talk about Allen Robinson for a second. A lot of people don't think that highly of Allen Robinson. And I just would like to tell those people to look at the situations he was in in Jacksonville and Chicago and now look at the situation he will be in in L.A. with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. Yeah. And I, I will just rest my case there. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, he, he's a he's a productive receiver. He's going to be fine. Yeah, he's he's a and he's huge. The Chicago didn't work out, but he, it, it, that's not necessarily on him. No. And, I mean, Jacksonville wasn't necessarily on him either. And that's where he was productive. Yeah, he was, he was a lot more productive in Jacksonville than he was in Chicago. Yeah. But, I mean, he's now going to be playing with a competent – quarterback and he's a big body he's not exactly the same receiver as Robert Woods so it just gives Matthew Stafford another dynamic and another look at on the offense and it's I think going to be a great compliment to Cooper Cup no it'll be another good play he's going to come in and be productive right away yeah Uh, Allen Robinson's a stud yeah no I mean he's not like tier one but he's a really good productive receiver yeah and then Robert Woods gets traded to the Tennessee Titans for a 2023 sixth round pick. So that's clearly a salary dump for the Rams. But the Rams did want to do right by Woods and trade him to a good situation. And obviously Tennessee is a very good team. They won the AFC South. Uh, They won won the AFC. Yeah, they won the the regular season AFC. Yeah. Um, uh, But Woods will be able to be the number two next to A.J. Brown. 
and he's also a great run blocking receiver to complement the the run game that Tennessee has with Derrick Henry. So I think Robert Woods is going to be able to flourish in Tennessee, and I was happy to see the Rams do right by him. He's a hometown kid. He was one of the guys uh, that helped rejuvenate this franchise in L.A., and I think him being from L.A., it meant so much to him that he really wanted to be a part of that, and coming from Buffalo to L.A. when they had moved here, it, it was it was really cool to see Robert Woods a part of this Super Bowl team, even though he was injured for the season they still made him feel a part of the team. And, and that was really cool to see when, when they were celebrating that win. Um, and then last for the Rams, Matthew Stafford agreed to a four year, $160 million extension, $135 million, $135 million of it is guaranteed. Uh, he'll be 38 going into the final year of his deal. So realistically, he'll be finishing his career as an LA Ram. Most of these guys, uh, I, it's 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 so crazy now that like forty is like the mark. Yeah, like guys are getting to forty with the. I mean, thirty five used to just be like looked old on the field, <laughs> you know. And now thirty five is like prime. I mean, I, honestly, like quarterbacks in their thirties are the elite ones. Yeah, I mean, what Matt Ryan's what thirty three, thirty four, something. No, like he's got to be older than that. He's got to be closer to Stafford's age. He's thirty six. Yep. Okay. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's good young quarterbacks, but man, you know, Stafford's 34, so Stafford's two years younger than Ryan. All, all those guys in their 30s just light it up. Yeah. So I mean, I'm happy to see Matthew Stafford back with the Rams for the long term. I saw uh, a report that Sean McVay said that Aaron Donald is for sure coming back next year. So that it hasn't been officially signed as an extension yet, but if the coach is saying it, I believe him. Yeah, they're going to work out a deal for sure. Yeah. And then, all right, last but not least, uh, what do you think of these new overtime rules for the playoffs, Tyler? Uh, for the playoffs, I mean, just, you know, they had to do something. You know, we kind of spoke on, on it when it was a hot topic after, what, the Bills and Chiefs game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you want each team to kind of have an opportunity to win, and now that's going to happen. Um, if is it the right Is it the right change? We'll see. Um, but I just kind of feel like they had to do something. And so in that sense, it was a good thing, you know? Yeah. So now both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime. And it's just playoffs. Yeah. Like I completely agree that in the regular season, it, it, you know, it's different. You can have ties in the regular season. You You can't have have ties in professional sports, but that's another story for another day. You can. Yeah, you can. Cause, cause, uh, you know, you you just can't keep playing and playing the game, and in the in the playoffs is where the wins matter because you advance. I mean, a tie can still affect your winning percentage. Yeah. So the new overtime playoff rules are: both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the the next score wins. So it's basically just a traditional sudden death. Uh, if the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receive. Uh, scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession that the team that kicked off is the winner. So, yeah, yeah, because the other team didn't score on offense. And then right. They got the score. Right. Makes sense. So, all right. Um, that does it for football. Now, Tyler, let's uh, let's catch up on some uh, hardwood talk. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at mid okay. Final seconds. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Kobe Bryant just took the 
finish? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. I can't believe we're already at the end of the regular season, Tyler, for the NBA. It always kind of it always kind of seems like it flies by. <laughs> this and this regular season honestly has felt like an eternity hmm. for me specifically because I'm a Laker fan and it's been god awful, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. First, Tyler, three in the key. Uh the first item on the docket, head coach of the Nets, Steve Nash, said last week that Ben Simmons has a herniated disc in his back and it's unclear when he will make his debut for the team, but the team still has plans to play him in some regular season games this season. How big of a deal do you think it is uh, for Ben Simmons to play in the regular season with this Nets team, especially now that the vaccine mandate has been lifted for Kyrie Irving and he can play home games now? Or do you think Ben Simmons is the kind of player where he can just be inserted in, into the lineup once the playoffs start or whenever he's healthy, if that's after the regular season and when they are in the playoffs, um, he can just be inserted into the lineup and make an immediate impact. Yeah, I think that I think that it's more important for him to be healthy than to gain chemistry uh, just because I do think that he can be plugged and played. And this team doesn't necessarily rely on chemistry. They've already kind of had a funky yeah experience with it they're not it's not like it's the same six seven guys night in night out carrying this basketball team so uh, I think it's important that he gets healthy just because the last thing you would want is him to go out there and, and get hurt yeah I, I just my thing obviously the most important thing is for him to be healthy if he's not healthy to play in the regular season, don't play him in the regular season. Don't yeah. try and force the issue. I think that he's, you know, if it's a herniated disc, I think that it's, you know, he's most days he can run around and play. Uh, and he's probably pretty, I mean, I, I'm sure he's close to being in, in like game ready. Uh, but, you know, herniated discs are just kind of like touchy injuries that you can aggravate really easily, similar to like a high ankle sprain. Um, it's just like once you have it, it can be like easily um, aggravated if you don't come back, like, you know, take your time with it. So um, if he feels like it's touchy at all, like just wait it out until you're ready to go. Right. And I mean, the Nets, they are in a very interesting scenario being in the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. They're in that play in tournament for the East. They are currently matched up with the Cavs, but the Hornets are only one game behind them. So they they might slip into the nine spot even potentially if they they lose a couple more games here uh in the final stretch of games in the regular season but i just the this nets team if they're fully healthy with ben simmons it it's almost like the lakers if they were fully healthy i don't know a team that would want to see them no they're going to be a problem in the playoffs regardless if ben simmons is out there or not so uh that's why I think that, you know, even if they didn't play him at all in the regular season, they get to the playoffs and he's ready to go, you put him in there and, you know, not only is he going to be able to help you out in, in, you know, instantly just with his defense, ball handling and passing and stuff like that, um, teams aren't going to have anything to go off of. I mean, it, it would right, be... Right, there's no film. It would be super tough to play this team in, like, especially in a play-in scenario, one game. And now all of a sudden they have Ben Simmons. You don't really know what to prepare for. So, and I think you brought that's up another advantage for waiting. And I, I think you brought up another great point 
in the chemistry aspect of all of this is this Nets team hasn't really operated off of any chemistry whatsoever this year. No, they're in the eighth seed in the East. And, and the, you know, like Kyrie Irving's played just these sporadic games, um, you know, and you've had different guys kind of stepping up all over throughout the entire year. So, And on a team where you have both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, whether you insert Ben Simmons in the regular season or the playoffs or not, or wh- whenever you decide to insert him into the lineup, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will take the brunt yeah, of yeah, whatever yeah, that's, needs yeah. to happen yep. and let Ben Simmons kind of integrate in and they'll be able to try and help him do that as best they can. Honestly, Ben Simmons is is almost, I mean, Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons are the perfect complement to each other as far as forwards. And I mean, they, you know, he does the things that Kevin Durant doesn't doesn't do and and kd does the things he doesn't do so and you're not going to be relying on ben simmons to take the ball up because you have kyrie irving and it's just like with you know going from harden to simmons it's it's just like okay you you had three scores now you take now you're going down to two scores and a and a star that's that's like you know all around players two-way players so um i think that it works better for the nets and they're going to be they're going to be a problem in the playoffs yeah definitely all right, moving on to now the number one seed in the East, Tyler, the the Miami Heat. During a timeout last week in a game against the Warriors where Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Otto Porter Jr., nor James Wiseman played. So none of those guys were playing in this game for the, the Warriors, and they were beating the brakes off the Heat. I think they came out of the halftime locker room and I think it was like a 13 to nothing run or something. It it was crazy. Anyway, Miami calls timeout after the Warriors make a three and internet video comes out and we see Udonis Haslam and Eric Spolstra get into a heated argument with Jimmy Butler, guys having to be restrained, pulled back from each other yelling at each other, pointing, I'm going to fight you. Why do you want to fight me? I always knew you were crazy. Eric Spolster said that to Jimmy Butler in the in the heat of the moment, and I I think he really meant that because Jimmy Butler is crazy. Yeah, um, stretch. But, I mean, it, it was one of the wildest scenes I think I've ever seen happen between two teammates on a bench, let alone getting the head coach involved. Well, and and – and the organization it happened to. Right. The Miami Heat being kind of. A, what, they're one of the gold standards of an organization. Yeah. I mean. I, I think that's fair I, to say. I think it's fair to say that I mean, Miami is a is a, is a great, is ran pretty well. Um, oh, they're one of the most well-run organizations, I think, in all they, of sports. They have one of the great greatest basketball minds in the world um, running the show. So, Pat Riley. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think that because of all that that I just said, them being the Miami Heat and Pat Riley and the names that were involved being specifically Eric Sprolstra, Udonis Haslam, and Jimmy Butler, I know that it's not a problem. I know that it may have been frustrations and things were said in the heat of the battle, but those three guys are about as locked in with this franchise as anyone. And Jimmy Butler, especially Haslam I, I, and Spolstra, they are the Miami Heat. See, that's... And Jimmy Butler came to the Miami Heat for this specific reason. I could cuss. I could be who I wanted to be. And 
And I think that they, they, this is who they want Jimmy to be. I, it just didn't work out in a specific, you know, circumstance. It, but I don't think that this is a, a glaring issue or he's going to be, you know, on the chop, you know, Jimmy's going to be gone or something like that. I don't know. I just, I, when I saw all of that, it's like, yes, this is the, the passion that you hear about that the Miami Heat is all about and all of that. But I don't know. With you, Eric Spolstra and Udonis Haslam, they are the Miami Heat. No, right they now. are. They're, those are pillars of the franchise. Jimmy Butler has been in Chicago. He's been in Minnesota. He's been in Philly. And now he's in Miami. I might have gotten Philly and Minnesota flip-flopped, but I don't think I did. No, he went to Minnesota first. Right. Okay. Anyway. He's been in multiple spots, and I, I really think I, I when I saw the clip of Eric Spolster saying, I always knew you were crazy. Yeah, but that's like everyone, that's what they That's I what know. you sign up for. I mean, some of these guys, this is these are their gifts and their curse. I mean, this you know what you're getting with Jimmy Butler. But I just, I don't know if Jimmy Butler has inf like infiltrated, he's, he, he's not part of that. Miami Heat circle yet, but I but I believe that he is about the brand. I I and don't I, doubt that. I think that he is a my you know he kind of exemplifies Heat basketball. Yeah, I just I I think that this could potentially have long term effects for the team. I don't know if it necessarily means on the court ramifications. I just see Jimmy being a guy that could just be in your face. Blue in the face, yelling, ready to fight. But and guys then, get and, sick and of then, that. And then an hour later, have dinner with you. I just think that he's cut. When it comes to basketball, he just does not fuck around. But but you want that. You know what I mean? Like, it comes from a good place. You want that to I don't an think, extent, I don't though. think it's detrimental to the franchise or the team. I, I think you want it to an extent, but it's like, look at how he left Minnesota. Look at how he left Philly. Okay, Minnesota... Minnesota was it, like that was a Minnesota problem, not a Jimmy problem. Jimmy, okay, I'll Jim, give you that. I think that Jimmy is tough. Like you have to be a solid franchise. Like Thibodeau and the Bulls were a foundation. It worked. You know, well, what I, I mean? think that's really what's rubbed off on Jimmy the most. And, and then, and then Philly, like I just think that uh, it just wasn't a good fit basketball wise because of his relationship with guys like Ben Simmons. You know, I just think, well, and I think that had a lot to do with how he treat. Like, treated people like like the Philly one might have been a Jimmy problem, you know. I could see someone like like that team was stacked. I mean, Ben Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Embiid, and Embiid's no Tobias out. wasn't with them. Yeah, I I thought they were put. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. No, all four of them yeah, were on that right, team. You're right. Yeah, and, you're and, right. I mean, you're this right. was this was one of the best teams to not win a finals. I mean, they lost. On a prayer by Kawhi Leonard in the corner three. Yeah. Um, like that team probably would have won the championship. Uh so like basketball wise it fit, but guys like Ben Simmons didn't want to be challenged every day. Hey, hey Joel, uh Well, and, and Bede, I don't think Cat and D'Angelo Russell wanted to be challenged every day. No, exactly. And but that's like a Minnesota thing. I mean, those guys aren't gonna you're not gonna be challenged. No, I mean, now look at them with fucking Patrick Beverly all it, barking and now and stuff. Uh, it's you know, Embiid has come out and said that he liked having Jimmy around. 
Like he wanted well, that. He wanted yeah, Embiid and Jimmy got along. Yeah, because they, because Embiid understood that like this guy's an asshole, but he's about it. He is. He works. Yeah. He he's a basketball. Like he's a basketball star. He's a basketball worker. I mean, he's a grinder. He's a dog. It's it's he's all that. He, everything comes from him wanting to excel in basketball. So it's like, yeah, it's annoying, but it you know it produces and and it comes from a good spot. So the the Minnesota like trip I think went bad, but Philly wins that title. It probably goes a little differently. Uh, yeah, probably in Philadelphia. But I I don't think Jimmy is like a um like a locker room killer. Okay. Well, I mean, when something no, like we'll, we'll we'll see. I just think that the the my like if this happens in other franchises like in Minnesota, it's gonna ruin things. But I think because it happened in a place like Miami, where you're not bigger than Spolcher or UD or Pat Riley or the logo, yeah. Um, you, you're but we need you. You're a superstar. I think those the, all parties involved will kind of like understand that this is heat basketball i guess maybe i guess miami is probably one of the only places this could have happened exactly i i I truly believe that there's only a handful of of rosters that can take that you know i mean we saw anthony davis and dwight howard earlier this season get into it on the bench yeah and those are two like and we're talking two different like that's night and day personalities from jimmy butler yeah. See, like that, that like to me shows more than this is just Jimmy. This yeah. is Miami Heat. Yeah. Of course, UD is going to stand up for Spolstra. I was, I watched that. First I watched so many different angles of that altercation so many times that night. I was just, I, I, I don't, I'd never seen something like that. They were getting their ass whooped. <laughs> that's, that stuff by kinda, nobodies. And that, that, that's what happens. I mean, they need it, you know. Spolstra, you know, even said, like, we needed a kick in the butt. Yeah. But, all right, moving on. Last thing in three in the key, Tyler. Paul George made his return from a ligament injury in his elbow last night for the Clippers. He scored 34 points after a 43-game absence, including a 20-point third quarter last night against the Jazz uh, in a huge comeback win for the Clippers. Uh, They were down uh, 20 points, I believe. They now have five comebacks from being down 20 or more points this season the clippers do shout out to my guy adam oslin for doing pre-half and post game and tweeting that stat out after the game last night um they 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 lead the nba and wins when trailing like 13 or more it wouldn't surprise me this this clippers team has been able to scratch and claw their way into the playing scenario with yeah. a legitimate chance at solidifying their playoff position. Ty Lue truly deserves coach of the year consideration. I mean, it just, if you don't think that he's right up there with the job he's done, I mean. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Tyler. It should be either Ty Lue, Monty Williams, or Ime Udoka. At what Ime Udoka has been able to do in Boston and turn them around. Yeah, I was high on Boston, so it's less it's less uh, impressive to me because they have, a tier, they have a tier one superstar. And then another all-star on that team. Uh, yeah, but I mean. And he took over for a coach that's still in the building. So it was. it's just, you know, he's been acclimated well. I think he was set up for success. Ty Lue, I mean, they could have had, they could have 20 wins right now and no one would blame him. No, they are not supposed to be in the position they are in right now when Kawhi Leonard has missed the entire year and Paul George missed more than half of the year. Yeah, like three quarters of the year. And now they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. This is not a team 
they're going to be a gritty playoff team now that they have a, a superstar to lean on. This changes the entire Western Conference playoff picture. Yeah, no, Paul George coming back is a big deal, and especially him coming back looking good. You, you, I mean, you've got all these guys playing so well for their coach and so hard that now Paul George is going to come and make their jobs easier. Yeah. I mean, they're they're 37 and 39. They're two games under 500, but they are not playing like it. Well, like I said, they should have 20 wins right now. I mean, they've been, they've had they've been throwing out G League rosters all year. I mean, their starting five has has consisted of these four guys every night: Zubak, Batoon, Morris, and 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 Reggie Jackson. I mean, those four guys are in there every fucking night. Like that, those are not anything to like brag about. And these guys are winning basketball games. These guys are going to be in the Western Conference playoffs. Well, and, and, and not only years that, those past, guys are legit NBA players. And in in years past, like they would be in the playoffs too. They're in the eight seed, and and comfortably in the eight seed. It's like they would make the playoffs in any year, and that's just incredible. I mean, they they they're playing guys like Terrence Mann, you know, Amir Coffey. Like this is those are kind of names that Brandon are Brandon Boston. Yeah, like all these names would be decent if you had Paul George and Kawhi out there. But the fact that they had no superstar, like it's all just effort. I mean, I can't believe this team has been winning basketball games. I can't say it enough. No, I as much as I like to hate on them and joke about them, they're one of the best stories of the entire year. Oh, uh, it's it's incredible. It's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen a team. Uh, decimated by injury do and and even so like some most teams you know that do well when they've got a lot of injuries have like one star still and like a bunch of no you know and play like they have nothing you know if they have literally no one like Reggie Jackson is the focal point of their offense we were we were at the Lakers Clippers game uh, a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of the month and I I just have said at multiple points during this season I wish the Lakers played with the same fight these Clippers have played with this if the, year. If the Lakers were playing with that kind of fight, they would have 50 fucking wins. Probably. I mean, truly, even with the injuries, like if any of any NBA team in the if any team in the NBA had that effort, they would have more wins. The Clippers Instantly. have the Clippers have five comebacks this year from being down 20 or more points. The Lakers have 15 games that they've lost where they've had double-digit leads in that game. 15. Yep. And 15 wins swings your record a lot. It's yeah. Uh, if if the Lakers had 15 more wins. They'd have 46 wins. Yeah. They'd literally be the in fifth the f- seed. Fifth or sixth seed, yep. yep. No, for sure. It's remarkable. Yeah, no, it's it's the 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 Clippers have done a phenomenal job like i said like Ty Lu, he'd be my coach of the year no doubt and That'd be my vote and for paul george to come back they're the gonna wh- be so dangerous next year aye, aye, aye. they're gonna be so dangerous next year i mean imagine if they get they think that Kawhi might be able to to come back during the playoffs this year if the everything goes right i don't know if they necessarily do bring him back I think bringing Kawhi back would mess up the the chemistry a little bit more than just Paul George, right? Because they they've yeah. played with Paul George this year, this team, and and guys on this team, yeah. guys on this team haven't played with Kawhi this year. So I, I don't necessarily think bringing Kawhi back this year is the best How many idea. Games has Kawhi played for the Clippers? 
Um, I'm looking it up right now. Because it's zero this year, and then he only la- played like 57 last year. Last year he played 57. Okay, so he played a good amount last year. Yeah, he he, he no, played 50, more th- 52 last year, 57 the first year. Okay, it's, it's been in the 50s both years though. Yep. But realistically, we said back in the San Antonio days when the load management started, he was never playing more than 60 a year. Yeah, no, for I mean, a he's while a, he's a superstar, and he knows it. I mean, at one point people thought he was the best player in the NBA. I mean, he was playing like it. Well, after the Toronto championship, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, the the Clippers and getting Paul George back and, and him coming out and having the performance he did, letting everybody know, like, hey, I'm back. They have completely, completely changed the Western Conference playoff picture, in my opinion. No, and, and now, and yeah, I mean, Paul George is going to be a tough out. I mean, I think that, I think that, you know, Phoenix, Phoenix is if they play like a Phoenix um, or uh, who, who's number two in the West, right? The Warriors, now? the Grizzlies. Oh, the like, Grizzlies. Excuse me. Like the that's Grizzlies, because right, like the Grizzlies, like they they they're another one of these teams that's like high effort, and they're kind of like they're playing like out of their minds right now. You well, know, they're probably playing better than they actually are. They're the Hawks last year. This, yeah, this is their coming out party. Like that's a team. You know, the Clippers are going to come to play them. Like. You know what I mean? The Clippers could definitely beat a Grizzlies in a seven-game series. Yeah. Now, the Suns, I don't see them beating the Suns, even with Paul George. Yeah. All right. Moving on, Tyler. Let's let's close it out here and, and talk about the Lakers during the Lake Show Lowdown. Might as well wrap it up with them. Uh, since we last recorded, they went 2-2 two and two on their road trip, but honestly, after getting embarrassed, uh, by the Timberwolves, the Lakers played probably seven of the best quarters of basketball I've seen them play all season against the Raptors in a game where LeBron reminded everybody about LeBronto and Russell Westbrook misses a three off the side of the backboard to tie the game, but then he gets a steal and has the wherewithal and the thought and the NBA and the basketball IQ to move his foot back behind the line, shoot a three, he makes it, he ties the game, Sends the game to overtime. Lakers dominate in overtime, and they win. That was arguably Russell's best game of the season. And then for three quarters against the Wizards, uh, the Lakers played some of their best basketball, and then Chris Stapps Porzingis goes nuts in the fourth quarter. Lakers end up losing probably one of the most disappointing losses of the year. That was one of the games where the Lakers had a double-digit lead and then ended up losing. Um, then... They get a great win in Cleveland. LeBron gives the fans a vintage performance. Uh, Russell Westbrook had another phenomenal shooting game, shooting 50% from the field, 20 points, team high uh, plus 23. Then they lose to the 76ers, but LeBron sat out that game dealing with the knee soreness he's been dealing with, especially after the big game he had in Cleveland. But the Lakers actually played with heart and effort, and they kept that game close. They only lose by five, 126 to 121 against arguably one of the top title contenders in the league right now, I think with the Philadelphia 76ers. Then after the 76ers loss, they have a basically must-win game against the Pelicans. At Again. Home. Yeah, again. But the Pelicans were, that was like the loss that was like after the All-Star break was like, they're not turning it on. Right. So now they have a chance to play the Pelicans for the tiebreaker, and they're fighting with the Pelicans for that last spot in the playing tournament. 
the Lakers had a 23-point first-half lead, a 20-point halftime lead, and go on to lose by eight to the New Orleans Pelicans. So in addition to coming out complacent as ever in the third quarter after being up 20 points, LeBron sprains his ankle in that game, and he has now missed the Lakers' last game against the Mavs and will miss their upcoming game tomorrow or later tonight if you're listening on Thursday uh, against the Jazz. So he's now injured his ankle again. Um, and so somewhat af- so after a somewhat hopeful Lakers road trip where they go 2-2 two and two but play some of their best basketball of the year through seven quarters, the Lakers go on a three-game losing streak with six, seven games left in the regular season. They are 31 and 44, sitting in 11th in the Western Conference. There's reports Anthony Davis could be coming back potentially Friday or Sunday. Don't really know if that's true or not. Don't really know if it's even worth it, to be perfectly honest. And then, like I said, LeBron's going to be out uh, against the Jazz tomorrow. And Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn, who has been out the entire year with a bone bruise that he suffered in his knee in the preseason, Chris Haynes was saying during the Mavs game on Tuesday night that he's basically out for the year and yeah. we're, we're never going to see him. When we heard from Rob Polinka a couple months ago and he said that they were targeting a March return for Kendrick Nunn. So the Spurs are now in the 10th spot in the... Well, right as of now... The Lakers are back in 10. Oh, so the Spurs lost to the Memphis Grizzlies then tonight. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. So as we speak, the Lakers at the 10th. Okay. They are a half game above the Spurs for 10th. The Lakers have six games left in the regular season. Now the Spurs have five games left in the regular season. I I don't know if we talked about it the last time we recorded, but as I, I – I'm not rooting for the Lakers to lose. I would never do that. I, I want them to win every game, but I'm just at the point where I feel like they don't even deserve to have a chance to be in the playoffs, given how they've played this year. Nah, yeah, I mean, and I get that, but I've, you know, uh, it's it's been crazy. I can't believe they're even in this position, but you know, I, I still think that they'll probably be able to sneak in there. It's just it, and I don't think they're like shutting you down is necessarily a good thing. The Lakers and the Spurs have two of the toughest schedules remaining for yeah. the regular season, and so oh, yeah, I, and you know Pop's gonna like listen. Pop is relishing at the fact that he might be able to take yeah. out the Lakers in That's this scenario. That's the only reason why he's trying still. He tied the all-time record for wins this year against the Lakers, and now he has the chance to knock them out of this stupid play-in scenario. Um, because yeah. I, I I've. I'm a fan of the playing scenario, but with the way this Lakers season has gone, it's made me realize it needs to be tweaked and, and kind of reworked. And the nine, the nine and ten seeds after 82 games should not have a chance to be in the playoffs, if, especially if they're under 500. In my opinion, no, no, it's pretty crazy. So it, the the playing scenario needs to be reworked. But I mean, like, I think ultimately the Lakers do end up sneaking in, but. Like I said, I, 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 I don't I liked, necessarily think they deserve it, but... I liked the original mock-up of the playing scenario that it only happened if you were within a certain amount of games of eighth place. Right. Like, eighth place, the Clippers have a five-game lead on the Pelicans from eighth to ninth place. 
So it's just like, all right, that that's a big gap. No, right, that should no, X out. No playing no yeah. play for the West. Right. But if like 8, 9, and 10 are all within two games of each other, then all right, we're going to play 7, 8, 9, 10 is going to play. Why did they only do that last Did they only do that last the year? bubble year. Oh, that was for the bubble year. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. That's right. No, I mean it's it's been a t- it's been a tough go of it. I mean, LeBron, I think that this he he thought he'd be playing with Anthony Davis. I really, I mean, I I know yeah. I've, I've repeated myself a lot, but I mean, I I just think that that was you know Anthony Davis's health is really why this whole Lakers LeBron experience has gone horrible. I mean, the Lakers really are the only franchise that hasn't won with well, LeBron. And, I mean, it's and, I mean, not they just got, they got the chip, but like missed the playoffs LeBron's first year, get the chip the 2020. Last year, what they like losing the playing scenario? They lost in the first round of the Suns. Yeah, they, all right, so they survived the playing scenario, losing the first round, and now this year. But it's not just Anthony Davis getting hurt. LeBron's also missed the most time in his career ever as well. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't help. But I just think that like LeBron was, like it was he was supposed to get relief. You weren't supposed to lean on. Well, and LeBron. that's what Russell that, Westbrook was supposed to be as well. No, everybody like LeBron. Being the number two and Russell being the number three, the whole everything's different. I mean, you Ant Davis is the one that's in his prime, superstar, top ten talent in the league, and and pairing him with a LeBron and a Russ, it looks good, you know. Uh, but it just hasn't it hasn't happened because Ant Davis isn't out there, and you know LeBron's like, this is not what I fucking signed up for, you know what I mean? And it's not anybody's fault. Like yeah. I mean, injuries happen. It's not Palinka's fault. It's not LeBron's fault. It's not Vogel's fault. It's not Ant's fault. It's just that's the way the cookie crumbled. So what happens next? As far as like next season? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would I I would assume that Vogel's probably gone. I would assume that LeBron is here is the Laker for two more seasons. That, I mean, that's all that's left on his deal. Yeah, I I would assume that LeBron and Ant will go. They'll go back to the drawing board. And I I also predict that if Ant Davis plays the whole year, even with an aging LeBron, they're going to be in the top tier teams of the NBA. I mean, they they were set up for a, a three P after that first championship, to to have Anthony Davis in his prime and an aging LeBron as the number two, and be the Los Angeles Lakers. So meaning you can get free agents. It's like they were set up to win. It's just Anthony Davis hasn't been on the court. Yeah, and I haven't said any. I haven't said the mean, the mean nickname today because I'm trying to be. Because Paul George has missed more games than he has. Well, yeah, and and look where Paul George's career's gone as far as the wins. You know, like his teams need him out there. Yeah, um, and Davis's one season that the the chip he got, you know, was uh, I would say more LeBron and the Lakers than than you know, and and his health. I mean, with the Pelicans, he was always out, you know, and they didn't do well. Yeah. And then these last two years with the Lakers, it's been out a lot. They don't do well. Yeah. I just, next year, this team is obviously going to be different once again. And that's, yeah, that, that's another, I mean, that's, that is kind of the nature of the beast with the, you know, doing that kind of stuff as a franchise. But, but that's any LeBron team has well, been. Well, that's like any that. Laker team, too. I mean, the Lakers are going to have but their no. stars and then they're going to rebuild role players every single year you're never going to build through the draft as right as a as a as a franchise but there's been continuity year to year with multiple guys this year was 
the least amount of continuity from the last two years. But, I mean, every single year since LeBron's been here, they've tried to buy a new team to make it work. I mean, yes. his first, That's what year, every LeBron his first team year was baby Lakers. His second year, they completely changed the roster. Last year, they completely changed the roster. Last year, the whole thing was like, you know, they're they're putting it together the whole but season. But they still they're had some guys that were left over from the year before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But and and I get that this is the fewest, but it's just been a it's been a it's been a thing every year, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it's not just them. I mean, big time markets do this a lot. Yeah. Because you can't build through the draft. I just if this Lakers team makes it to the playing scenario. If I was this Lakers team, I would try to bring back some of these guys. I wouldn't try to blow it up. Like I would try to bring back as many guys as we ha- can and just actually get the the skill sets that will help them. You know, well, no, well if the, you bring get back, the paint protecting, you know, defensive rebounding, shot blocking center. You know, if you bring back guys from this team, you need to get a new coach because this this team does not fit Frank Vogel's style. The coach is probably gone. I mean, there's there's probably no save in Vogel's job. And it, it's it's not that it's fair. I, it's, I don't know how that he still fair. has a job to be honest. It's because it wouldn't be. I mean, we spoke about it because it wouldn't make it any better getting another guy. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But it's. I'm so ready for the season to be over, and I hate saying that as a fan because I hate like giving up because yeah, yeah. no but you're not you're not when you know it, it doesn't look like you're gonna make that run that you wanted no and it uh you've heard me mention him before the pettiest laker fan he he tweeted the other day he was like if this laker season was a movie what would it be i said it would be the titanic and fast forward so i mean or just the titanic you know it's been <laughs> slow no because it it started quickly but yeah, no, I mean it's it's uh it's a, it's a tough year for the show, but you know there's not a lot they could have done about it. I don't think. Yep. But all right, let's get out of here, Tyler. You got a shout out before uh, we say goodbye? Mm, no. No, you don't remember what you were gonna do last week? No. I do. You remember what I was gonna do? Yeah. Jamal Crawford announcing his retirement last week. Oh yeah, old old Jay crossover. Yes. Um, yeah, always tough to see. Tough to see a guy go. I think he really wanted an opportunity this year. So it's too bad that he had to end his career, like still feeling like he had juice in the tank. But Jay Crossover is the probably the most epic Seattle Hooper ever. I mean, as far as like his influence on Seattle basketball still. Um he's he's always around. He's he's always influencing the young Hoopers. Uh his pro ams up there. Um and so as far as like Seattle guys that kind of stay, stayed around and impacted Seattle, uh, he's got to be number one. Yeah. Even with the Brandon Roy's and the Nate Robs and Jason Terry and these guys, uh, Jamal's imprints all over that city. Three-time six-man of the year, nine different teams in the NBA over a 20-year career. Yep. Uh, he tweeted out last Monday night. The, the 206 man. Yes. He tweeted out last night, or not last night, uh, last week on Monday, at 11.51 p.m. The only reason I remember the time was because I literally was refreshing my Twitter, and when I hit the refresh, that was the first tweet that popped up at the top of my timeline. And it just said, goodbye to the game, all the spoils, the adrenaline rush, thank you, basketball, I owe you everything. Yep, yep, certified hooper. So with that, shout out to Jamal Crawford. 
That wraps up episode 243 of the TSK Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Peace.